Hey, everybody, Garen and Jordan, uh, and we're back here talking about Garen's Sunday message. It was the, was it the third or the fourth engage? It was the third, yeah, of the of the actual practices, it was the third practice. It was the third engage practice. We talked about gifts, and Garen, the, uh, the verse you started us off with was 1 Peter 4, verses 10 and 11, and in there, we receive a command to use our gifts to serve others. Yep. And uh, and you started off in a really good way, and I wondered if you would kind of rehash it for us here, because you talked about stewardship right off the bat, and how really using God's gifts for His kingdom is really just about stewardship. It's not about what you or I can or can't do yep, or right. our abilities. It's about taking what God has given and using it well. So, would you talk about maybe what stewardship is for someone who doesn't understand that, and then? You defined it in a really unique way Sunday, so could you kind of do that again for us? Yeah, if I were just do it off the top of my head, it's a steward as a person who has been given um, responsibilities and gifts from somebody who's actually the owner of them, and they're on loan, and they're given to them to use responsibly and according to the values, the desires, the vision of the owner of those things. And so if I'm a responsible steward, I am using those things the way the person gifted it to me intends for me to use them. And if I'm not being a good steward, I just take those things and use them for myself and forget the guy who gave it to me and just use it how I want to use it. So that's kind of my summary. It's not near as good as the thing I read yesterday because I did have to read that. Well, we don't want to be as good on here as you are on stage or people wouldn't come to church. So <laughs> yeah. the the example that you've used before, and I think is still so good, is in the Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah, this, right. I don't remember the names. The Denethor is the steward of Gondor. And until the king comes, but he he abuses it, he right? He abuses it, and he gets lazy. He doesn't even doesn't even care very. He doesn't care anymore about it. He has this great thing. He has a position. He just sits on the throne and eats. Remember the tomatoes and oh, all like right, that's all yeah. he does. He's he he doesn't treat it as valuable because it's not his, and he forgot that it was on loan to him. So that's maybe a picture of someone who has been given gifts and is not using them well. Yeah. You know, and we all have the scripture says so, right? I've been given gifts from God, gifts and abilities that He wants me to steward for the sake of others in the body. And if I become like Him, I'm just sitting on my throne of self and I'm just using those things for myself or not even using them at all. I mean, He wasn't even using His authority at all. He just was like a total, I don't know, failure, a wet rag on the throne. I mean, He just, He wasn't doing what He was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Um, we're going to go off script and I'm going to surprise you with something because I just thought of it, but I really want to know the answer and we'll edit it out if it's not good. But you said everybody receives gifts, but then also the Holy Spirit imparts gifts to us at the moment of salvation, right? Yeah. So which of, which is this thing talking about right here? I think it, to me, it's both. It's, it's, um, it is the gifts the spirit gives, but also in those gifts, God does it when he designs and creates, he gives us abilities also as gifts as a, as our master for us to steward even our abilities. So if he gave me the ability to do percussion, he's like, that's also, that's not maybe a spiritual gift of salvation, but I gave you, I built that gift into you in your DNA when I created you. And the intent was for you to use that in service for others and to my glory. And so that's why I kept, yesterday I kept saying gifts and abilities because I think it encapsulates both of those things. So maybe for instance, God created LeBron James with an incredible gift of physical strength, yep. of durability, of the ability to play basketball well, to lead men well. Yes. So those are just gifts that he was born with. Yes. Whether he uses them for his kingdom or God's kingdom is up to him, but yep. we're all born with something we're good at. Yes. 
And so that's what it's talking about here. Whatever you've got, you are expected to realize that you're actually just a steward of that and to use it to build the kingdom. Yes. Is that exactly. accurate to say? Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. Yep. Got it. You uh you explained that really well. So thanks for thanks for doing that. I had heard that before, but it hit me differently yesterday. And so I wonder if anyone else was in that same boat. You went on and talked about a few verses. You listed a lot. I'm just going to talk about three really briefly, but about how Jesus just epitomizes service. Yeah. And if we're going to call ourselves followers of Jesus, it's not like you get to decide, oh, I'll serve this day, I won't serve this day. It is a lifetime of service. Yeah. It is emulating the suffering servant that Jesus was. And so you talked about Philippians 2.7, how Jesus was a servant. And then 1 John 2.6, that we are commanded to live as Jesus did. And then Galatians 5.13, that we are commanded to serve others. So this is a clear and consistent message from Scripture. That's such a small snapshot. Yeah, small there are snapshot. so many more yes. in, the, in the New Testament just about how we're to emulate Christ in that. So sometimes in my flesh I can think, you know, I'll serve Sunday or I'll serve Wednesday, but the other five days, those are mine. Yeah. But to live as Christ is really to live as a servant um, all the time, right? Yeah. It's, it's a it's, rhythm it of service. It should be in my DNA just as it was in his. So that might be scary to someone. You might think, oh, that means I never get to watch football. That means I never get to relax on the couch or I never get to go enjoy a sunset. So can you talk about what it means to serve Christ and emulate him, but still enjoy your life? Yeah, I don't, uh, that's a good question. I mean, it doesn't mean I don't give that stuff up, but I think just the nature of, of who Jesus was is even if he's watching football, but if uh, if the ice runs out or something, he just knew um he would be the first guy to stand up and be, I'll go fill that up or something. It just was so much in his nature that, yeah, he could enjoy, have fun, but he just, it, that's just what flowed out of him. Um, yeah, last week for Labor Day, Ariel and Josue were going to come over, and Pat just had a lot of grading to do. I'm not try, trying to elevate myself anyway, but <laughs> she just had a lot of grading to do, and so I ended up, you know, cleaning some stuff up. I went to the store and bought the stuff. To me, that's what it is. We were enjoying Labor Day together, but if you have a nature of a servant, it just kicks in when there's a need. It just kicks in. It doesn't mean it's the thing you're doing all the time, but you know, somebody drops something at the store, you just bend over and pick it up if, right. if it's if it's in your nature. And that's what I love about that Philippians. It says, he who by nature was God, he took on the nature of a servant. It became just who he was. Yeah. So, it wasn't just what he did a few times. It was really who he was. Yes, right. Hmm. Do you think it's also about maybe what is on the ultimate throne of your life? If comfort is maybe yeah. your idol, yeah, then serving is gonna be really hard. But if if the kingdom is your ultimate goal and you you really are about serving Jesus and building the kingdom, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy other things, but it's never gonna supersede. Watching KU basketball is never gonna supersede the right. ultimate goal. Yes. So you can do both at the same time. Yes. And you know, and God knows which is more important to yeah. you. Is that also? Yeah, fair I to think say? so. And I think if and you also have the ability to if a deep need comes up and you're in the middle of something you're enjoying that you're like, you know, I'm I'm willing to give this thing up to go meet that need. Doesn't mean all the time, but I don't know. It's just it's just a servant's mentality. I'm not perfect at it at all, but that's how I envision Jesus and what we're to be like. That that's supposed to be part of our our nature, right? And we emulate we say we're supposed to emulate the servanthood of Christ, which we're talking about, but also Jesus went to parties. Jesus hung with yes. his friends. Jesus yep. sat on the boat and watched the sunset. Jesus took time away and rested and took naps. And so we are emulating all of Christ. That doesn't mean he wasn't a servant in those moments. Right. But 
he was also just resting. And that's yeah. part of what it means to be right. human as well. Right. You right. just, right. He just lived a normal life, but there was just this service to it. I mean, to me, again, the washing the feet, they go to dinner, somebody has to wash the feet and he just did it. Nobody else would do it because yeah. they didn't have the servant's heart. But just even at the at supper, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to do that hmm. because it's just was who he was. Okay. That's good. I, I've thought about that for a while. So thanks for saying that. You talked a little later about how even small parts of the body, when they're not contributing, uh, when they're not working as they should, the whole body feels it. You talked perfectly about the all too real firsthand experience you had with, yeah, your, with your vertebrae, right? Yeah. And so such a small part of your body threw everything out of whack. And yeah. it just kind of set you back for a while, yeah. right? Everything. I mean, I couldn't even garden. I couldn't, I, I tried to pull one weed and I had all these back spasms and almost collapsed in the yard. Like I, it, it just restricted so much. And I'm like, that one thing set off all of that stuff. It so limited what I could do. And hmm. it really, you know, and I mentioned like when I had the plantar fasciitis, that was horrible. Yeah. It's just this little connecting point of a ligament. And you're like, are you kidding me? That sent all these, you know, shockwaves through my whole body. It's just, right. It's really crazy. Or like shin splints, if anyone's ever had shin splints, it's such a small part of your body. It's like literally this one ligament holding two things together, but it is so debilitating. You can't even walk or think when you got shin splints, they hurt so bad. So I think we're familiar with that on a physical level, but relating it to the body of Christ, um, when we say the body of Christ, when not every part is functioning as it should and contributing, we feel it too. Yeah. And I think everyone's, reaction to that initially is like, oh, you mean that there's not enough volunteers filling the empty spots. That's what you mean by we feel it. And that is part of it. Um, that is part of it. But a much bigger part is the ethos of the group. Yeah, right. And so on a Sunday morning or when you're just together as the body and you look around, you can really sense when you're in a body where everybody's bought in. Yeah. And everybody wants to work towards yeah, the goal. And right. you can sense when roughly 25% of the people are bought in and the rest are kind of watching from the stands, as you said. Yeah. Right? And so don't hear this. This is just like a, oh, we feel it because we got open volunteer spots. Yeah. It's about so much more than that. So, right? Yeah, it's about a lot. Right. Even just as you were talking right now, it's like when you sometimes when you have physical problems, there's a part of your body that's not even responding like to its brain. Maybe not the ones that we talked about, but there's other ways like things aren't getting this, the stimulation of your brain to do the right thing. And to me, it's the same thing. Like Jesus Christ, the head of body is like, I gave you an ability. I gave you a gift I want you to use in the body. And if there's no response, it's like, yeah, a no connection to the head following the leadership. And then you can feel that, right? You can sense like, man, we want, we want, to, we want the whole body to be bought into the head, but it's not. And you can sense that and feel it. And yeah. You know, I do feel like we have a pretty good sense that that most people are bought in at twelfth, and so I don't I don't want people to hear this and think, oh man, they're so unhappy with the ethos <laughs> of Sunday. No, right. I don't think that's the case for either of us. Yeah, I think we get a real sense that most people are really bought in, and they want to see, um, just like we say every Sunday morning, we want to see um, God's God's re, re what's the language recreation his re yeah we're, renewal of all things yeah, renewal of all one things. person one place yeah. at a time we we really want to see that and most people are bought in um so don't hear that that we don't think it's that way but what we're going to say next is really important because it's not just about the body it's not just about others benefiting it's also about you as a person benefiting yeah. from service yeah and so when we say this it's not just because we care about the body and we want it to do well it's because we care about you too, yeah, right? Right. Because we have felt it before when we're serving and when we're not, and the difference. Yes, I feel it, right? And just how good it is when we serve. Yeah. And so, talk about some of those benefits, Garen, of 
when we're serving and we're bought in, things that your blessings that you're getting that maybe someone who isn't bought in might miss out on. Yeah, just as you're talking now, and I think you and I talked about this a week ago, but to have the ability to, I'm a part of somebody's life change and seeing people's lives transform is like, that's huge. It's so huge. Like, be like, oh my gosh, God used me to impact somebody's eternity. I think you, when we talked about this last week, you talked about, and I didn't mention this yesterday, but you talked about like we're going to be in eternity with Jesus and he'll like bring somebody up and be like, you by doing this, you impacted them and they're here because of, you know, you. And it's like just the, like, can you imagine just the feeling of that? That's, uh, to me, that's really profound. But I wonder how many people never live into that. Ian talked about it. He talked about it with pioneers and seeing children. He feels like really grasp God and how much he feels like he's investing in something eternal and how meaningful that is. So that, I mean, that's one that just right away jumps off for me, jumps out. I agree. I think we miss out a lot on the spiritual life when we dumb it down to coming to church once a week and maybe doing a quiet time a few times a week. When you start to invest with your life and with your money and with your time and your emotions and your passions and your gifts, yeah. it's like you're painting a picture with so many more colors now. You're not just using red, blue, and green. Like You've got the whole palette, and it's like this whole thing has opened up to you. And, uh, and so many people miss out on that. I missed out on that for a long time because I wasn't sure what church is about. And, uh, and so that's part of this call is like, man, we want that for you. Yeah. Dude, you should have preached this yesterday. That was really cool what you just said. No. That whole palette thing. I, I don't see, know what palette I'm good is, for like one of those, <laughs> but I can't do that for 40 minutes like you can. The other thing that I know that is really good, and anybody who has served will agree, that serving takes your focus off of you. Yeah. And it gets you out of your head. Yep. And there have been so many times where I'm messed up in my head. I'm messed up in my spirit. And, you know, it's not even because I choose to go serve because I'm not that healthy. But I'm, you know, I've got a commitment, a pre-made commitment where I've got to go serve. And I kind of drag my feet there. But by the end of it, I'm so glad yep, I did. Right. Yes. Or I signed up for a mission trip yep. and it's like, ugh. Yeah. And then I come back and I'm like, man, I needed that so much yep. worse. Yep. And there's just something about serving that ignites us for Jesus. Yeah. And it's really crazy how he made us that way. But he did. And I'm so glad that he did. Um, let's see, you, we're not going to go through all these, but you talked about, um, service does a few things for us. You said it helps us to know others deeply. It draws us to the heart of God. It allows us to invest in eternity. The one I want to talk about is, um, that it keeps us from drift. And you talked about stagnant water, right? Yeah. That stinky stagnant water you found in Colorado on a remote stream, walking with Pat and you, you sense that there was a part of the river. It wasn't moving. It was still, and it was turning to go bad and you equated it to our spiritual lives. Yeah. And I think you and I both talk to enough people that probably the number one thing we hear when people talk about their spiritual life and they ask our advice is, I'm not growing spiritually. I feel like I've hit the ceiling. I am not moving anymore. Yep, grown stagnant. I'm stagnant. I'm just, I'm just, I'm on a bike and I'm pedaling, but nothing's happening. And so spiritual stagnance is a real issue. It is. For, especially for people who have been in church for a while and maybe have a lot of the head knowledge. And so you said that service can be a way to get out of that. Yeah. Because the reason that becomes stagnant is because water's getting into it, but it's not getting out, and there's no movement, no flow through, and that's why it becomes stagnant. And that's why service is so important in my spiritual life. Because if I'm just if I'm doing a showing up and I'm taking in sermons and listening to Caleb, and it's all input, 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 and there's no output, which is through service, then that becomes stagnant in my heart, and there's no growth and there's no life in that. Yeah, it's just accumulating knowledge and. In talking with a counselor friend of mine, they told me that uh, that something that most depressed people have in common is that they, whether they know it or not, are extremely self-focused. 
and that whether it's not it's not even rooted in vanity or egoism or anything like that but they just can't stop focusing on themselves whether it's their problems or their situation but if they can get out of their head it does wonders for them in escaping uh, depression yeah and i just thought of that when you said that because we are to be a conduit for blessing yes any anytime you go anywhere and you simply seek to be served and you simply you simply seek to consume there's always a ceiling on how much you're going to enjoy that experience right yeah i mean church in this context especially if you come to church and the music has to be on point for you and the the, the teaching style oh i hope garen teaches a certain way today it's got to be on point for me and the coffee's got to be good and blah, blah, blah. You know, when we've got the checklist and things have to be good for you because you're a consumer, there's a real limit on how much you can enjoy yep, it. That's right. But when you come with a servant's heart and you want to buy into something yep. and be a part of something big in yourself, man, like God uses that and he blesses you yeah. in big ways. Yeah. And that's what God wants, right? And that's how he made us anyways. So we got to be conduits, right? Yes. Got to be not- that channel of blessing instead of the terminal of it. Yeah. Where it stops with me. Yeah. Because it just dies there. It just dies. It just stays with us and makes us sad. So that was, that was a good uh, illustration. I'm glad you said that. As we kind of near the end here, you know, you talked to Ian and Samuel on stage, and uh, aren't they great? They're great guys. Yeah, great guys. If you don't, have, I love that. If you don't know Ian or Samuel, I encourage you to take them to lunch sometime, because you'll be blessed. They're super guys. But there's a few things that Samuel said and one thing that Ian said that stood out. So I just wanted to say it. And Garen, if you have any thoughts, you can you can, uh, you can, can comment it too. But yeah, if anything's important to God, I want it to be important to me. Something Samuel said. He, Samuel said, if I get caught up in myself, service takes the focus off me, which we've already talked about. Yeah. And then Samuel also said that the two ingredients to service are willingness and intentionality. And it's really not that difficult. We just got to be willing to do it. We got to be intentional about doing yeah. it. And God will do the rest. Yeah. So, and he talked a lot about things. obedience, right? That God just says to do it. Mm. So I'm going to do what he says. I mean, wasn't that to me? I'm just like, what a breath of fresh air. Somebody that's just like, hey, God tells me to do it. I thought we were one of those churches where we just do the parts of the Bible that are easy, though. Like, <laughs> yes, that are convenient. We have to do all of it. Oh, man. I know. Okay. I'm going to have to work on that. Yeah, you're right. It's commanded in there. So why wouldn't we do it? Yeah. You're exactly right. And it was good to hear him say that. The one thing Ian said that really stuck with me is that we're all serving something. So yeah. you got to think about what Wasn't that, that is. Good? That was really good. Yeah. Because I hadn't thought about that till when I was interviewing them and he said that. And I'm like, that's profound. Because we talked about that worship. I'm I'm worshiping something, either God or a, an idol of some kind. And I'm serving something. It's either me or it's it's him and the kingdom and others. And that that really struck me very profoundly. That's a really easy grid to run every thought and every action through in my life. Am I looking to serve myself or am I looking to ultimately Uh, serve God through this action? That's also very powerful. So if you want something, if you want a really simple way to put this whole thing into action, if that's your takeaway, just ask yourself that of every single thing you do and say, who is this in service of? Is it in service of myself or the kingdom? I think that's just, it's not going to be fun because you're going to find that a lot of the things that you do, I mean, I'm living it so I can say, yeah, a lot of things that I do and say, man, they're in service of me. So it's funny how those things kind of worm their way in and we don't realize I know how selfish yeah. we are until we take a step back. I, I like how you applied that. That's really good. Hmm. Okay, last thing. You ended uh, your message by quoting the great prophet Theodore Roosevelt. <sighs> yeah, that great saint. The great saint and um, his message, The Man in the Arena. Is it a, is it a speech? I think it was a or? speech and this was like the key part of it. 
Um, I'm not sure if it was the whole thing. I think it was probably something bigger, but yeah, I mean, you and I both love this. We love it a lot. And the reason that we like it is because it just exemplifies what it means to be the person who's really doing the thing that lots of people stand on the sidelines and they like to critique the people doing the thing. Yep. It's easy to watch the guy on TV and say, oh, he shouldn't have fumbled that ball yeah. or whatever, but you are not the man in the arena. <laughs> and so even if you are the one in the arena and you do it and you fail, it's still better than just watching and not yeah. taking part. And I thought it was a great way to end this call to use your gifts and to get off the sideline and get in the game. So, so do it, man. They heard me yesterday. I want to hear you. Yeah, so we thought we, it'd be this. cool to end this by reading the the man in the arena again because these words are so profound. So um, yeah, maybe this, maybe this will hit you uh, like it hit us yesterday. So this is the man in the arena. It says, it is not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes short again and again, but there is no effort without error and shortcoming. But who does actually strive to do the deeds? Who knows great enthusiasm, the great devotions? Who spends himself in a worthy cause? Who at the, at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly? That's a really good part. That is. So that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. Man, that, that's powerful. It's very powerful. So basically the push was, if you're not using your gifts, if you're not serving, if you're not bought in on a heart level and you're just on the sideline and you're saying things like, man, it's a little too cold in here, or man, those muffins are a little stale today, or man, Garen's <laughs> preaching style could really be better. You know, you got to get in the game. You got to yeah. be a part of this. Yep. And even if you're not someone who's complaining, maybe you're just on the sidelines and you're just watching, you're missing out on a huge blessing. And God has wired us in a really funny way where when we serve, it's really counterintuitive. It's that upside down kingdom, yep. right? Uh -huh. The more you give away, the more you gain. Yep. The more you serve, the more you actually feel blessed. Yeah. And so we don't want anybody missing out on that. Yeah. Totally, man. Good way to so, end it. So good way to end it. That was, that was gifts. And uh, next week, you gave us a good teaser. Yeah. Right? You said, you can't tell us much. Not much. Just something special and unique, important. We're excited about it. Uh, I could only let one one thing out of the bag, and that was the. What is it, man? That was the Krispy Kremes. Krispy Kremes. So there will be Krispy Kremes. Yeah. There will be something exciting and different. Yeah. We want you all there for it. Yeah. Because it's going to be really good. It's going to be good. So okay, Garen, thanks. Yep. I think we finished this well, guys. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you. <laughs>